G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, I was having a conversation recently about what constitutes middle age. And I said, well, if someone lives to 75 years of age and you divide that by three and take the middle segment, that must be middle age. So somewhere between, say, 25 and 50. But when you start to talk about young age, middle age and older age, I wonder whether you think about the value of the wisdom that is coming from people who are in the older category. Bill Muhlenberg's been thinking about older people of recent times. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Many thanks. Bill, uh, where do we put you in this category if we were saying uh, younger people, middle-aged and the older? I think we're probably putting you just at the younger end of the older set. Is that uh, the case? I don't know. The Bible speaks about the ancient of days. I think I'm up there somewhere. <laughs> Getting old. You have, uh, you've recently been writing about the value of being older, and I guess sometimes this value is being lost on a younger generation with all of the focus on youth culture. Yeah, well, certainly the Bible everywhere speaks of the value of the elderly and, uh, you know, how we should learn from them and, you know, obviously the experience, the maturity, the wisdom, hopefully that's developed over the years. That's why they're so valuable as a mentor, as those who disciple the next generation, as those who can offer wisdom and godly counsel. But as you say, uh, well, we live at least in the West in a culture that's so absolutely centered on all things youth. And, of course, sadly, uh, much of the church has followed suit, as it tends to do. It slavishly follows the world. So if the world is into worshiping young people and ignoring the elderly, well, often we find that happening in the churches as well. Now, of course, some cultures, like in Asia, there's still a high degree of respect for the elderly, and they're held up quite high indeed. But as Asia gets more and more uh, in contact with modernity, with the West, even there, that's starting to chip away as well. So uh, it's a real problem. And again, it goes against the, the very values of Scripture, which does highlight the importance of the elderly, not to say that young people cannot be used for the kingdom, but we tend to just ignore the elderly altogether far too much in our culture today. Bill, as we talk about youth culture, we talk about a technological revolution that's been going on, the information age, and it does appear that younger people often get their heads around access to how to use that technology in this information age. But there are some deeper issues that age is... Uh, more relevant to, and that is that there are some things in our lives that don't change, and the wisdom of having had the experience of going through a whole lot of issues is certainly uh, to be valued when it comes to looking at a whole life. Is this what you're getting at when you talk about uh, older people and the wisdom that they have to offer? Yeah, well, again, that's what Scripture speaks of. That's what common sense uh, tells us. Obviously, if you've lived... uh 
uh, four score and ten, if you're up there in your 50s and 60s, you've had a lot more life experiences, and hopefully you've learned a few lessons along the way that your average uh, 18-year-old may not have had. So again, not to say that young people have nothing to contribute, especially in the churches, but uh, the biblical model is always that the elderly would kind of disciple and mentor and train up the young, uh, sharing with them the wisdom and what they've learned and the experiences they've had. That's always how God works. But so much of that is kind of being ignored or forgotten about. You know, we often elevate young people into positions of leadership in the churches. You know, we get some people with a fancy testimony, and we put them in the spotlight straight away, but they may not be mature enough yet. They may not be wise enough yet, old enough. I mean, when the Bible talks about appointing elders, well, part of what that means is exactly what it says, those who are older, uh, those who've been around, had some experience. Uh, They are the ones that God can often count on to uh, bring leadership to the church. Again, not to say young people cannot be involved in leadership, but God has always had concern that, uh, you know, we at least not rush uh, people into these roles. Remember, Paul talked in Timothy about not laying hands on anybody suddenly, the idea of not rashly appointing somebody to a leadership position without proper testing and trials first. So, um, Again, a lot of biblical truths here that we sometimes ignore in our obsession with all things youth. I guess there's a challenge there for young people listening into our conversation now that might be thinking that they can get the best advice from other young people without mm-hmm. uh, without actually accessing that wisdom that can come from the senior people. I guess that's why in churches we have people called pastors Uh, because they are typically elders uh, who are able to shed light uh, with wisdom on all of the issues, and a lot of the issues that you can't just Google, uh, how you deal with the circumstances of of growing up into maturity and into ageing, of raising children, of holding families uh, together. These sorts of things can't necessarily be learned uh, in an online environment. They are an experientially gained wisdom, aren't they? Yeah, well, exactly right. How to have a successful marriage after 30 years? Well, obviously, an 18-year-old can't give you that, at least from personal experience. How to uh, hold down a job for 20 years or whatever the issue. Again, that has to do with time. It has to do with growing and aging. Uh, So there's certain lessons that cannot be learned readily without that kind of experience. So uh, I often say the best uh, in the Christian world, well, it's always an ongoing discipleship role, but I always say there should be at least three players involved in any uh, Christian life. There should be somebody younger than you, at least younger in the faith, that you can disciple, and there should be somebody older than you, at least older in the faith, who is mentoring you and, and putting wisdom into your life. So it's a kind of a continuous process. We're being discipled by those who've been around longer, and we in turn should be discipling others who are maybe younger in the faith. That's the way to do it successfully. So again, that shows some of the value of uh, those who've been around a bit longer. 
there does appear to me too, Bill, to be a concern with older generation because in the older generation sometimes uh, there's a almost an arrogance that says, I've got the answers and you need to listen to me. Uh, there is a sense too that the older generation can learn from the younger generation at the same time as this relational interaction takes place. Oh, sure. And it's not to say all old people are wise. <laughs> There's some old fools out there as well, of course, obviously. Uh, uh, so the principle is generally speaking, if you're older and if you've been a good follower of Christ, then you would have developed uh, experience, wisdom, maturity on the way, which is good to share with others. It doesn't always happen, of course. And sure, young people have a lot that we can learn from. So it's a kind of a feedback loop between the both camps. Uh, But my point is more that simply in the West and in Western churches, it's often almost exclusively focused on the young people, and many of the old feel like they're just kind of shunted away and left behind and have nothing to offer. So I think all uh, pastors and leaders need to keep this in mind. What are we doing with the elderly and their tons of experience and wisdom, are we allowing them to disciple young people, or are we just putting them out to pasture? In fact, it leads me to thinking about a conversation I had some years ago about just how long it takes to make a mature pastor. So Mm. we talk about pastors, young pastors in young churches. Uh, Well, the advice came from a very senior pastor level. He said it takes 20 years Uh, to raise up a pastor. Uh, Well, 20 years is a long time, and that means there's life and experience and a whole lot of uh, intangibles that are a part of that. There is something in that that gives value to the older, Mm. uh, not just as the pastor, but older people who are in congregations in church life offering that relational uh, interaction with young people to help them uh, disciple in a, a good way. Yeah, we see that all over in the Bible, don't we? Moses in the wilderness for 40 years before he's finally released. You know, he was 80 when he started doing his thing. So many Bible characters, it's the same. Uh, They had a long time of uh, uh, maturing and becoming wise. And uh, I heard the story as well. A pastor said that they took a poll or a survey of Christian leaders, pastors, asking them, when do you think you finally became uh, effective for God? It really had a real impact, and you were really finally breaking through and doing great things for Jesus. And all these people, the average age they came up with was 56. Now, it's not to say you can't do anything for God before you're 56, but it was amazing. All these people said, yeah, it's, you know, it takes a while. There's a, the school of life and learning that we have to go through. So many of these people felt that, yeah, you got to get up there before you can really see God breaking through in a wonderful way, which is, of course, not to say you can't be used before then. Well, you certainly can't Google character. You might be able Mm. to get a definition of it, but to have character, you need to have uh, the experience of the older. And Bill, I'll point people to one of your recent articles on the value of being older. Simply Google Culture Watch and you'll find that article there. Enjoy it. Bill Muhlenberg, always good talking. Thanks so much for being with us again today here on 2020. Many thanks. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.